Hello and welcome to the next edition of MDD's Claims Interviews. Today with me in the hot seat on Valentine's Day is Neil Stocker from AXA. Hi Neil. Hello Barry, it's, it's good to be here on Valentine's Day. I wanted to say something funny there Neil but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so Neil, let's get on with it. I've got a whole series of questions to ask you about your career, what you enjoy, how things are going at AXA and some other stuff to see if I can catch you out, get into the dark side of your character. Let's see how well we do. So firstly, Neil, tell us, how did you come to be in the insurance industry? It's a sordid story, really. Many years ago, I basically messed up my A-levels. I wanted to do geography at uni. I partied too hard between the mocks and the real thing and didn't get the grades I needed for uni, so ended up taking a job at Eagle Star in Brighton, navigators in those days, doing yacht claims and sailing was sort of one of my passions and still is to a point not so much these days so I was doing something I really enjoyed doing which is yacht claims in Brighton. Brilliant I just never realized that people in the insurance industry parted hard but there you go. In my youth. Oh in your youth okay so Neil you've been at AXA for for quite a while now what are they like to work for? It's good it's a big global organization some might say it's too big but others might say it's broken down into constituent components which makes it sort of feel more like a, a smaller business if you like so AXA Excel is the entity that I work for the work is extremely interesting challenging in the fine art and species space so it's it's all good is there a Frenchness about them yeah there's, there's certainly some social sort of French stuff that is coming through but it's also got some American flavor as well it's truly international Sounds great. I love going on holiday in France, so I'd happily work for AXA. That isn't an invite to have a job offer made to me, by the way. I'm way past working for anyone else now. I'm I'm, I'm too old a dog. Uh, So tell me about your role a bit. What do you enjoy most? So I guess the title is is quite long-winded. So I'm actually the Fine Arts BC UK and Ireland manager, managing the UK and Lloyd's book. I also double hat as a global practice leader in the fine art and species space and have done for a number of years. So that takes me into the international global arena, providing technical insight where necessary, overseeing some of the larger losses and generally trying to help out colleagues around the world. So I'm not just seeing it from a UK perspective, but also from a global perspective. And through Lloyd's, we see it through a global lens in any case because of the licensing that comes with Lloyd's. Neil, tell me a little bit more about fine art and specie. What's it all about? Do you have to be an expert in fine art and specie to handle the claims? That's a good question, Barry. I think the short answer is no. Clearly, there are some operations out there that in yesteryear had specialists. We don't employ specialist art people per se on a direct basis, but indirectly through loss adjusters, etc. We do employ globally certain vendors to help us to investigate and provide advice on claims and also on the placing side as well, of course, with previous surveys. So it's such a diverse subject matter. We go from fine arts, which can be anything from auction houses to private individuals with big art collections to dealers to, you know, sort of retail operations. And that's the art side of the house. And then it's mostly first party. And then through to specie, which means things of value. So it's jewels block, retail, through to wholesale, through to production of stones and gems and gold in the actual manufacturing process. And then we move into general specie, which can be anything from share certificates, things of value, basically, with some wine collections and so forth. So it covers a multitude of sins, but it basically it's things of value that we're essentially insuring. How many of you handle those claims at AXA? 
So in London, there's a team of five of us dedicated a resource for purely fine art and specie, which is unusual in today's markets. Most operations are dealing with this class of business in, in either the marine accounts or the property account, because there are certain synergies there, but we actually have decided to be specialists. I've been specialist in this area since 2003 when I joined Excel Brock Bank in those days. Um, so all the guys in London are purely specialists. And then we have a couple of guys in New York. There's a guy in Switzerland who's dedicated. And then we have shared resource type operations in the network that we run globally. So yeah, that's how it's structured. You must be just about number one in the marketplace, aren't you? I've never really looked at it that way. I mean, we've certainly got a fairly large book of business globally, but also in the UK. So we're certainly up there amongst the biggest. And we certainly invest in the businesses of a spoke operation, if you like, both from an underwriting and a claims perspective. So in that role as a claims leader, what do you enjoy most about being a leader? That's a quite a complex question. I mean, I like problem solving. So there's that aspect to it. I think the strategy around claims and about sort of getting to resolutions, whether that be via the easier route of settlement or on the odd occasion when litigation and arbitration, mediation and so forth rear their heads. So it's a challenge, like intellectual challenge, I, th- I guess, be a summary of it. You find these days you're spending more or less time with lawyers in the claims process? I think on coverage, we spend a fair amount of time. We're blessed at AXA Excel with an in-house claims legal team. So that's a really good resource for us. Fairly, not going to say unique out there, but it's certainly a good thing internally for us. Litigation, as you quite rightly say, is fewer and far between. If you go back to the 80s, when litigation, far more litigation going on, I think insurers have woken up to the fact that we'd rather try and trade our way out if we have to or we can do if the opportunity presents itself i think that you're trying to find that solution litigation is the act of last resort if you like when things really have broken down unless there's a real technical point that you need to sort of make because of the the bigger picture if you like but but litigation is not as prevalent as it used to be certainly not in our space it is in other spaces but not in the finance species space Okay. Trying to get under the surface just a little bit more. AXA are a massive player in the marketplace, leading lots of risks. Does this create any particular challenges for you? Not really. I mean, we sometimes have some conflict situations which we manage out internally through the various sort of Chinese wall protocols. It's less than you would think, perhaps, given the size and scale of of the finite species offering. It happens occasionally, but no, in general, we manage those situations, we think, fairly well, but they're not as prevalent as one might think. Okay. Do you travel much with the role? I travelled more before the pandemic, I think, with the onset of teams in particular, those sorts of communications. I think it's a lot easier to travel around the world without actually having to jump on a plane and all the carbon footprint that comes with that. So I would suggest there's far less travel than there used to be pre-2000 and sort of early 2020. But I enjoy travel. I enjoy the international flavour of the job. I enjoy being immersed in different cultures and and challenges that that presents. But no, far less travel than there used to be. Do you think everybody's travelling less now? Yes. I mean, you just take the underwriters who are on planes every week. That that just isn't the case anymore. There has to be a good reason to go. You know, as we look at the environment and so forth, that's a big play for a lot of companies in particular. AXA Group is very much ESG orientated, but it's a big a big thing now, even for, for your organisation, I would suggest. No, I mean, I find ESG really, really interesting and where it sits within the organisation. I can tell just from what you just said that there is focus on that in AXA 
and in claims. So, you know, is that something you regularly talk about in terms of how you manage yourselves? Yeah, I think it's becoming a louder conversation. Certainly group have been, whether it was called ESG, but group have been onto this for some time now, you know, even through the dirty fuel types that were placed. You know, they're quite forward thinking and quite leader thinking in that space. The ESG is certainly an element of business which you just can't ignore. You have to be keeping a pace and if possible, slightly ahead of the curve on ESG. It's a big industry within industry, so to speak. Okay. So let's talk about you just a little bit. Tell me what do you enjoy most about being a leader? I've got the feeling with you it's about the power, but I might be wrong. No, power's not the thing for me. I think it's about, it's a team effort. I'm very big into team consultation and trying to get a consensus. So it's not just about power for me. It is about getting to the right result. And I suppose from a leadership perspective, it's making you know, good decisions in a timely fashion and whether decisions are tough you know someone said to me a long time ago if you can actually get to a situation with a client whereby unfortunately you're having to decline liability for whatever reason if you can actually get up to a situation where the insured or their or their sort of professional representatives actually come in and say well actually you know we've, we've agreed to disagree we don't like where this has gone but actually we completely understand the thought process and why you've done something, then that to me is a success of degrees. So yeah, it's about the collaboration, trying to get to the end goal as efficiently as quickly as possible. Cool. I tend to agree with you on that. So tell me about any plans you've got for the future, AXA, that excite you. Plans for the future? Well, the ripe age of 60 this year with retirement at some point, one would hope, but no plans. I have a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old that are going through the university process, etc. So I'm in, in that dark tunnel at the moment, which I'm sure will end at some point, but but no time soon. So there's no real plans, from my perspective at least, to sort of retire or depart. Others may have other ideas, of course, but that's not, that's not <laughs> something I know. But so I, I think just continue doing what I do. You know, the days of massive sort of promotions and so forth, I think are probably well and truly behind me, but just do what I do enjoy what I do, do it well, and make sure the team around me prospers. You've got me wondering whether I'm in a dark tunnel as well. I've oh, we all in dark tunnels, it. Barry. <laughs> okay. So you've been in claims, as you say, for a long time. So tell me, what do you think makes a great claims handler? Yeah, capital L, Barry, capital L, long time. I think being able to strategize, you know, sometimes it feels like, like a game of chess, I think to be able to think laterally for the end game, where are you trying to get to ultimately in decision making and do it respect and not to upset too many people along the route. It's a problem solving and it's solution orientated approach. I always enjoyed broking to you. So um, I think you've been pretty good in terms of your approach. So in terms of your career, who have been the greatest influencers and why? I think without giving specific names away, because I wouldn't want to embarrass them, I think I've had some really good managers and, and leading lights in my life, I suppose. And I've had some individuals that were less so, perhaps. And I think you learn from both the good and the bad. And I think that helps shape you as a more rounded individual, which I think also helps in actually managing and leading people. I think as long as you learn and, and try and craft that into your own style. I think that for me is a challenge, but also the positive. Okay. Has there been any particular high points or even low points in your career that you can tell us about? 
High points and low points. That's a very good question. Hopefully this is not going to be a low point. <laughs> not at all. I think dealing with some of the larger claims, you know, we had a big claim in Canterbury in Auckland a few years ago, and I inherited that far from the prior incumbent. That was a quite a difficult, challenging situation for a whole host of reasons, which I won't bore the viewers of this program, but that was a real challenge and it was a very politically charged situation to start with, which over time became easier through dialogue. It, it culminated in two trips to, one to Christchurch, one to Auckland for a peer-to-peer -peer negotiation, a very tough ex-UK barrister sitting across the table and, and that was extremely challenging, but also when we actually finally did the deal was immensely rewarding as well. So, so that for me is a standout. From a negativity standpoint, tougher question actually, if I'm being brutally honest with you, Barry, and I haven't got time to think about that particularly now. Okay. I think you gave us quite a reasonable reflection anyway. And just finally, before we have a bit of fun, have you got any particular aspirations for the future? I know you've told me you're on the wrong side of 50 now, but <laughs> nearly the wrong side of 60. But yeah, thanks, Barry. Have you got any particular aspirations? I think just to keep enjoying life, and, and sounds crass, doesn't it? But we're a long time dead, and there's certain travel elements that I'd like to pursue. Family's all healthy and good. So, no, I think a bit more of the same, a bit more pleasure time perhaps at some point, but I'm not desperately seeking that at the moment. I enjoy what I do, and I think that for me is really important. Mm. You know, once gave a talk to a bunch of guys from Tower Hamlet students, and the message from me was basically, if you can enjoy what you do as a business or in your business life, then you'll have a reason to get out of bed for in the morning. It's not just about the money. It is about enjoying what you do. The more you can enjoy what you do, the more effort you put into it, basically, and the more you get out of it, more effort equals more reward in my experience. <clears throat> Did you ever know you were going to be this wise when you grew up? No, I didn't realise I was going to be this grey either, Barry, but uh, <laughs> this is life, right? <laughs> so tell me, outside of work, what do you enjoy most? Family life is, is, is high up there. The kids keep you younger than, than perhaps your actual age. And so skiing, mountain biking, golf, a bit of sailing when I can. Do a lot of walking. We're doing the uh, South Downs work at the moment. We're 60 miles in, so we've got another 40 to do. So just keeping active and yeah, moving. I think once you stop moving, you're in real problems. You've got real problems. So there'll be a wheelchair out there for you somewhere, Neil. Don't worry. Yeah, watch. yeah. With sort of all trying grip wheels, I'm, I'm sure. Something like that. All right. Now our quick test. Don't this ask me is... anything about Love Island, Barry, because I know nothing about no, it. No Love Island questions this time. Okay. Uh, so all I would like to hear is a one word answer. I might quiz oh, you a bit on it in case. If, I'm if not it's... good on one word answers, as you know, Barry. <laughs> Let's see how we get on, though. So on first, rugby or football? Rugby. Excellent. TV or radio? Oh, TV. Cool. You're a 2020s man. BBC or ITV? BBC. Yes, absolutely the right answer. You're doing really <laughs> well at this. Am I uh, really? I don't think anyone has ever got all the answers right. You might be Haven't the they? first. What? What, according to Barry? Yeah, well, absolutely. Meat or veg? Meat, but of the white variety. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good answer. This is a big test, and I know that senior leadership at AXA are going to be listening out for this one. So work or holidays? A balance. Oh, God. You've just failed. <laughs> just say what you mean, Neil. I did. Balance. I like both. I enjoy both. I told you. You've got to enjoy your job, right, Barry? Okay. Don't sound convinced. I hate it when people try and justify a wrong answer. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Lloyd's or companies? I have to say that on balance, I prefer the Lloyd's market. 
Oh, you've just made Mr. Lloyd very, very happy. Yeah. And 80s or 2020s? What, for music? Anything. Which is the better period in time? 80s um, or 20s? The halcyon years of the 80s. I think probably go the 80s. So that is definitely the I had less grey hair then. There's more partying going on. Yeah. And finally, Harley or Porsche? Porsche. Porsche. Good man. Good result. Good answer. I think you did pretty well. That's about a seven and a half out of ten. That's a pretty good score. Good so, and I always ask this question. I think the audience got to know you pretty well now, and they've got a good idea about the person behind the name. But tell us, if you'd not ended up in insurance, what would you have ideally done as a career? Yeah, I've thought that many times over, I can assure you, as most people do in insurance. I mean, no one goes to their careers master and says, I want to be in insurance. I'm very passionate about skiing. You know, in my day, I was was fairly reasonable at skiing, I guess. So either that or, or physio. I'd like to have travelled the world with a skill that would have transferred to sports teams, etc. And I think that, for me, would have been ideal on reflection, but that's looking way back in time. So probably okay. a physio, that sort of um, thing. My sense is physio would have been the right route for you. I can remember you manhandling me as a broker trying to throw me out of the office. So yeah, I, well, I can tell you've got strong hands. You became annoying on too many occasions, Barry. I understand. Look, Neil, it's been fantastic talking to you. I wish Likewise. you every continued success at AXA. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Thank you for your time. Cheers, Neil. Cheers.